As the elevator doors opened, a cacophony of sound washed over us. We were standing in a hallway of a hotel in southern China. We were 16 expectant people. We were seven different families from around the country who had waited patiently and sometimes impatiently for this day, this moment to come. We were tired and excited, stressed and ecstatic. We had traveled a long journey in miles and experiences, persevering through a challenging process, including long applications, home studies, background checks, physical exams, interviews, travel plans, and mounds and mounds of paper, all leading to this moment, this birth. The cacophony of sound was the cry of seven beautiful little baby girls sitting in a hallway of a hotel, waiting to become wanted, adored, and cherished. The next few minutes were surreal. One at a time, the director of the Social Welfare Institute picked up a beautiful child, called out a family name, and then in the blink of an eye, seven miracles occurred without warning. Seven miraculous moments of letting love in, no conditions, no guarantees, and in spite of all our thoughtful planning, what it all came down to was love. When I hear the gospel story from Matthew this morning, I think about what our family called Taylor's birth story with us because both stories are about falling in love in the blink of an eye. Both stories remind me of the incarnational nature of our faith, particularly during this season of Advent. Both stories remind me that planning and preparing in the end have precious little to do with the unearned and unexpected gift of falling in love and opening our hearts to letting love in. Letting love in. That may sound strange to some of us because what could be hard about that? Isn't that what all of us want in the end? I suspect I am not alone when I say that letting love in is what I try to do in my life and in my faith so that I can turn and then offer the same to the world. But letting the love of God in sometimes feels a bit elusive and hard to understand in the context of our everyday lives. We know we are called to love God with all of our hearts and all of our minds and with all of our souls and to love our neighbors as ourselves. But what does that really look like day to day? How would we know if this is what we were actually doing? Is there anywhere we could look for clues? Today offers us a chance to think about letting love in through the role that Joseph plays as we move together closer to the stable to greet Jesus on Christmas Eve. So let's look at the role that Joseph played this morning and what he was asked to do and what decisions he had to make. At what point do you think that Joseph let love in and then what happened? So a quick recap 
Our story this morning tells us that Joseph had become Mary's before had become Mary's husband, and before they had, I'm winking at you, moved in together, you know what I mean, Mary becomes pregnant. Joseph, by all accounts, was a decent and kind man, but still drew some logical conclusions and decided to dismiss Mary. The New Jerusalem Bible translation reads, divorce her quietly. At that point, confronted with this conundrum, Joseph seems to have done what many of us do when we're faced with a dilemma. He takes a nap. And during that nap, Joseph has a dream in which he is told the most unbelievable of scenarios about this beautiful pregnant woman and what he is to do about it. He wakes up following this nap. He follows the outrageous instructions of the angel in his dream, makes a home with Mary, refrains from marital relations during the pregnancy, and voila, unto them a child is born and Joseph names him Jesus. Joseph plays a very crucial role in this story. Joseph was asked in no small way to suspend all logical thinking and to trust what couldn't have been easy to understand. Joseph had to make a decision between his head and his heart. Joseph made the decision to let love in after his dream, and what happened changed his life and, by extension, our lives forever. As I hear this story on our Advent journey, I also think about my family's birth story with Taylor as well as our ongoing birth story here at Trinity. Because, you see, I don't think we are ever done birthing and creating and discovering what is new and waiting to be embraced and recovered and healed in, in our lives. In all of these birth stories, there are examples and opportunities to remember our primary call as Christians, to let love in. I keep thinking about how unreasonable and chaotic and messy and uncontrollable and overwhelming and grace-filled our lives can be, particularly around times of birth and new life. You all have known me long enough to know it is true when I say I am someone who likes to plan and organize. I enjoy getting ready for things. I invest much time and energy in all kinds of planning. I love to make lists about the lists that contain the lists of the things that I'm going to do. I like to know what I'm working towards and to achieve the goals I set for myself. I also like to understand the rules and the expectations that come with different experiences. I am someone who seems to do my best when there is a clear roadmap and a plan for completing a project or a program. So what happens when I can't plan, when you can't plan, when we can't plan, when we are not in control, and when we can't predict the outcome? Well, with all humility, I say, plenty. Plenty happens. God happens. Love happens. 
Lives are changed and the world is transformed. Don't believe me? Ask Taylor's other mother this morning about who she is today, and I promise you that her answer will include how her love for this now 20-some-year-old woman has changed our lives every day. Ask anyone who comes now to our Sunday community breakfast each Sunday morning and have not only been fed, but have been seen and loved for a few precious moments each week over this past year. Or ask anyone in Toledo who finds their way downstairs to next to new on a Monday or a Thursday, finding not only inexpensive clothes and household items, but a radically welcoming staff and manager. Or ask anyone participating in Better Together Toledo, our new citywide initiative to support youth aging out of the foster care system. And ask anyone whose life has been changed through the life of a man who was born in a cold, dark stable to parents that decided to say yes and let love in without any plan or strategy for success. Very soon, my friends, we will welcome a baby in this manger. We will sing familiar songs and light candles and feel really good inside, and we should. But I also want this invitation to let love in, to be called out for the hard work that it really is. Because in the end, this kind of loving requires absolutely everything of us. It requires our honesty, our humility, our generosity, and our compassion. Not unlike Joseph, each of us plays a crucial role in this story. Each of us is asked in no small way to suspend all logical thinking and to trust what we often cannot understand. Each of us has to make a decision between head and heart. And each of us is invited to let love in and experience the change of a lifetime. May it be so.